Are you ready? We ready. We ready. We ready for y'all. Welcome to my podcast. We ready. The story of an inner city high school football coach and his attempt to affect the lives of young men in a positive way while raising his family. Today, game day, it's Friday, October 23rd, 2020. As the leaves are falling and there's a nip in the air, we continue to battle this COVID-19 pandemic. And this podcast is my small way of bringing back football, bringing back goal-back football memories. And today, in episode 7 of 11, we have the pleasure to invite in, to give his experiences, the present head football coach at Newburgh Free Academy, Mr. Bill Bianco. But first, let's share some of the responses, the replies, the stories that I received from this past week. And many of them were about the goldback tradition of climbing Mount Beacon, the hike. I received a number of emails and texts telling me, Coach, the hike, that was awesome. One young man who actually is not a young man anymore, he... He's a grown man with his own family, his own children, and he also happens to be a teacher and a coach. He said, Coach, that hike in full pads, I tell people that story, but they don't believe that we hiked Mount Beacon in full pads and made it all the way up. Yes, yes, goldbacks. We did many things in the program, and a lot of people do not believe what you've been through, but we're better men for it. Right now! Today's dedication. I dedicate this podcast to Danny Butterfly Washington who left this world at the tender age of 62 on November 20th, 2011. The fly, the butter, as we finally remember this legend. Danny was so revered in our community, in the Newburgh community. Can one think of someone who's more legendary than Danny Washington? I don't believe so. As I reminisce and think about Danny's funeral on that rainy fall day at the Ebenezer Baptist Church on First Street, it was standing room only with lines backed up out on the the sidewalk going up First Street as all Newburgers came to celebrate Danny's life. 
Danny was the head manager for Goldback Athletics for over 40 years. This 1970 graduate of Newburgh Free Academy bled blue and gold. His life was an inspiration to all Newburgh athletes and to members of our community. I can think back and I can see Danny walking up South Street and toward Academy Field with his NFA goldback jacket on with all those pens that he'd have tucked in the top of his collar, with all those beads he would have, with his go-backed hat. Well, his go-back hats, as you know, Danny would wear one going one way and one going the other way. And you would hear from a distance, Hey, rookie! Or, You backboard head! And his famous... Oh, yeah. Oh, how we miss you, Danny. This episode is dedicated to you and to your life and what you've meant to the Goldback football program, to the entire Newburgh community. We miss you. You're with us at every ball game. May you rest in peace, brother. Welcome, Coach Bianco. Welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you as our guest. I know Goldback Nation is is really fired up to hear from our leader, our 23rd head football coach in the history of Newburgh Free Academy. Coach, it's game day. I know you're excited. Can you give us a little bit of feedback about game day and what it means to you? Yeah, obviously game day is... uh... A big day for our program. Um, you know, it's a chance to uh, validate the work we've done during the week to prepare for that day. Um, you know, I always tell our kids that, you know, game day is your reward for all your hard work. And um, that game day is theirs. It's their chance to get out there, have some fun, enjoy the, uh, you know, the festivities, if you will, of game day and everything that goes with that. And, um, have fun, represent our community, and you know, try to put a good product on the field that we can be proud of. So that's uh, you know, really what game day means to me and you know, how I view things. Coach, excellent. You know, the podcast entitled We Ready, it's basically about being prepared and what we do as coaches in preparing young men we also learn through our game, and I've touched upon this in past episodes, sudden change. And we talk about how we handle sudden change. Coach, you were dealt with some sudden change back on April 20th, 2009, when I announced my resignation. And suddenly, you were thrown into the situation where as a, an assistant coach, you are now looking to be the next head football coach. Can you give us some insight as to how you were feeling at the time? And 
you know, where you've been since that period back in 2009. You've come a long way, Coach. Yeah, so um, obviously when, when, when that day came, um, it, it was something that you're never ready for until it officially happens. But, you know, I had been, you know, always preparing myself for that opportunity if it did arise, whenever that time was going to be. I remember us having conversations you know, leading up to it, but until it was official, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. So, um, you know, anytime there's an event like that or really anything in your life, you you know, you hope that you're prepared for the the situation and you can make the most of your opportunity. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously sitting at the, you know, in the different chair of being in charge of the program is is much different um, as far as expectations from your players, the community, you know, administration, that type of thing. Um, you know, when you're an assistant, you know, it's 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 a lot less stressful. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, you know, as the head, you know, you're kind of entrusted to kind of lead the way. And, um, you know, obviously you, you, you get a, you see things from a much different lens when, when you know, your name is on everything. So, um, you know, I don't think anyone can truly understand what it is until they actually do it. And, you know, it's not in um, an unattainable uh, goal to be a head coach or, or any leader of anything. But, um, you know, like any new job, until you actually do it, I don't think you really understand what everything entails as far as, you know, the off-season, um, in-season, you know, weight room, booster club, you know, all the – there's a lot of different arms of this of this program. Um, so, you know, once you're, you're, you're into it, I mean, it, it really um, – it can be it can be demanding, okay, and um, you know, but you, you know you do it because you think it's it's a, a you know a worthwhile cause and it's something you enjoy doing. So that's that's where I'm at. You know, obviously, um, what is it, twelve years now? Twelve years later, um, this is my twentieth year in Newburgh. So I've seen the full gamut from you know being a student teacher, college kid, working in the weight room where you coached, up to you know, the modified level, then the JV level, and then, you know, one of the position coaches on the varsity, and then assistant D coordinator, and then working the way. So it's, it's been, a, um, it's been a, a full experience, I guess you could say. Coach, you remind me a lot of myself when I first came into the program. And, it, and it's interesting because you, you talk about 20 years. You were in a program... You've been in the program for 20 years, and I would, I would say, are you 42 years old right now? I'm 41. You're 41 years old. That's interesting because I'm 61 years old. In that, in that generation there, that, that, that gap between 41 and 61, that 20 years, I look back to when I was 41. When I was 41, I had been the head football coach for four years at that time. And and I look back, going back to when I was, when I was, twenty years before that, when I was just starting out, and you were a young coach with a lot of energy. Um, you 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 were dedicated and loyal to the program. So I had zero reservations when when I was thinking about getting out, and and I knew you were the man for the job, uh, and. Just, you know, I mean, Goldback Nation knows how, how fortunate they are to have you and, and, and the great job you do with the young men, both on and off the field. But, 
But coach, tell us specifically how your life has changed uh, when you became that head football coach 12 years ago to where you are in the present day. Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of the same stuff I just said, but more or less, I mean, I'll tell you this, I have a lot less time <laughs> than I did before, but, uh, you know, I, I've seen, you know, our program, you know, evolve um, from, you know, really the first day I took over um, in the sense, you know, you never, once again, you never truly understand everything that goes into it. And, you know, even yourself every year, you look and reflect on things you did that you could do better the next year. And you constantly are doing, um, you know, just self-analysis and ways you can improve. And, um, you know, as far as being dedicated and that type of stuff, that that's just the way I was brought up. And that's, you know, I only really know how to do things one way. So I've always tried to, um, you know, as an assistant, just be the best assistant I could and be, be you know, it's one thing to, to know football, but, you know, if you're not around to really uh, – drop your knowledge to the, the players in the program, it, it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know how effective that is. You know, I, I could have Bill Belichick on my staff, but he's never there. Do, 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 does the program really reap the benefits of, um, you know, his expertise? So, you know, just like I said, again, you know, as seeing the program now at all different levels 20 years later, I obviously can look back and draw on prior experiences that, you know, we've dealt with different things, different that's both on on and off the field and try to use that stuff, you know, not, uh, history is a good teacher. So try to, um, you know, just draw on past experiences to try to help our program evolve even more. And obviously I have a different, uh, you know, overall view of where I was when I first started. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I hope I answered that some, to some degree. Absolutely. Coach. I certainly understand your feelings on that. Again, we're very similar in many ways. Um, you know, both of us growing up in a single parent household, and I know that you've shared some things with me in the past, and growing up where football was a very important part of our life, our coaches, our football coaches in particular, were, were great role models for us and, and, and guided us in many ways. Coach, just share with us a little bit about your journey, your growth, your experiences in football, what football has led you to be. Your football coaching is your life. And I want to know, I want Goldback Nation to know your journey. How did you, how did you become a coach? Yeah, so um, let's, where do we begin? Okay, I started playing football, youth football, uh, when I was right out of the gate, five years old, played all the way up through high school. I, I graduated from uh, Royce Ketchum High School. Okay, upbringing was um, not perfect by any means. Dad wasn't around much. Mother was uh, kind of like the one who was always there for us. And I have two uh, uh, siblings. I mean, they're actually twins. One is a, um, an administrator in, uh, uh, for New York City uh, Schools uh, Special Ed Department. And then the other one is a, a phys ed teacher coach at Ketchum High School. Um, they're four years younger than me. But my mother uh, kind of, you know, always did her best to, you know, put food on the table, make sure we had everything we needed. And, um, you know, uh, kind of, you know, just fill in, in a lot of the gaps that I was missing not having the, my father around. But, um, 
you know, in regards to that, you know, in high school, that it was a tough time when, when, you know, I was dealing with a lot of the stuff, him not being around, that type of thing. So my high school coach stepped in and, um, you know, kind of guided me and, you know, like, like coach said, made a, you know, it was kind of a good role model to me. And, um, uh, you know, just kind of kept me motivated to do the right thing, you know, do a decent, you know, I wasn't the best student by any means, but, you know, to, to at least give a good effort and that type of thing. So he played a big role in, in kind of the athletic side, also kind of filling in that gap that was kind of missing uh, with, with dad not being around. But, um, you know, as high school went on, you know, uh, some of you, most of you guys know me, I'm, I'm not that big in stature. I'm, I'm five, eight, you know, uh, at that time under 200 pounds. Okay. Uh, you know, so I, I was a, a decent player in high school. I mean, I wasn't a star by any means, but you know, I, I started, I, I, my senior year, I was a, um, an honorable mention Poughkeepsie Journal All-Star. And, you know, I kind of knew towards the end of uh, my career that my playing career was going to be <laughs> not very long because there's not many 5'8 uh, offensive linemen in college or the NFL. So uh, when I graduated, I went on to Cortland and, um, you know, I got my degree there my senior year in, in college. I actually had a chance and an opportunity to coach at um, a, a high school, Tully High School up uh you know, up next to Cortland, and uh, that was a, a, a different experience, a much different than I'd grown up with. I mean, I mean, Ketchum is a is a double A program. You know, this was like I would say compared to around here, like a class D. So there were kids, you know, leaving practice to go farm, and I mean, and there wasn't many kids on the team, so that was a uh, an interesting experience. So, um, you know, yeah, when I when I look at uh, like the evolution of me as a coach, that kind of set the way you know I started off once again um you know I was a player in high school I kind of I've always been real with myself as far as like what I can do and what I can't do and I knew you know I, I still love the game I mean you know and that was the one thing I also would like to say too you know as far as the game goes okay yeah I mean my genetics kind of limited me from you know uh being prosperous in the future as far as playing the game but I knew damn well that you know, as far as understanding football, I knew that was something that I was, you know, top of the class in and, and I had a good feel for. So, I, you know, I, that's kind of how I directed myself into coaching. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a very competitive person. So coaching kind of fills uh, the void of, you know, preparing for something, um, winning and losing. You know, I, I, I need that personally. That's just something that I enjoy, that, that, um, that chase of, of winning and losing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the deal as far as my evolution of a coach, you know, I would say, you know, and I'm not saying ex coaches interviewing me, but if I had a, uh, you know, the father, son, and the Holy ghost, it, it would be my mother, you know, who taught me, you know, about being selfless, putting others before, before her. her. So I try to do that with our program and our kids, you know, always try to help our, our kid, you know, always, um, highlight our coaches and our players any chance we get try to just be you know put them before me um, as far as you know just learning the game of football my high school coach did a ton he was a um, you know he used to scout for the Jets I mean he, he was um, you know a pretty well-known guy in the area and then as far as running a program obviously from coach Chatham being in the program you know nine years before I took over I mean that that those are the three people that really kind of guided my coaching philosophy. And, um, you know, I would be 
but you know, the only other thing I would say that would has been affected my coaching is um, obviously just my staff. Okay, we I've been fortunate to have great coaches around me. Um, coach, you know, Coach Lazarski, Coach Dunn, Coach Hendershot, Horton, Canelo, Coach Robinson, Toback, all, all those guys. So um, you know, you learn from them too. You know, I don't I don't I don't know everything. And then lastly, you just learn from your players. Okay, players can teach you stuff sometimes that you know you see them do something a little different or. You know, you can learn from them too. So I would say that those are like the, the major food groups that make me what I am. So, you know, once again, hopefully that answered some of the, you know, the question. Absolutely, Coach. And Coach, you're, you're known for your work with the young men, the inner city young men in Newburgh. You live in Newburgh now. As you said earlier, you, you're from over in Dutchess County and, and you you kind of grew up in, in a little bit more of a rural area and uh, you come to Newburgh and you're working with inner city youngsters and you have been a great godsend to those young men. Um, you're dedicated, you're with them 365 days out of the year. Um, and to be quite honest, you, you serve more than as their coach. You serve as their mentor. For some of them, you're a surrogate father. Um, for some of them, um, you, you, you have to deal with many of their issues, and, you, and you're there for them. Um, has coming to Newburgh and, and, and understanding what it's like to grow up with football and, and, and knowing that um, you might not have had you know, a, a, a dad around all the time, it, has that been something that drives you to, to make sure that you're there for these young men? Yeah, so um, there's a few things with that. I mean, as far as living in Dutchess County, I just want to make sure and just really clarify. I mean, I, we lived down in the uh, Peekskill, Buchanan area from age one until I was uh, in eighth grade, really. Um, so... I have, it's not quite the same as around in, as Newburgh, but a, a little bit of an idea of, um, you know, the like the types of communities, that type of thing. Um, and then in high school, we moved up here and, you know, I went to high school, obviously, I catch them and the whole thing. But um, yeah, I mean, once again, as far as, you know, I'm, I'm, as far as dealing with stuff growing up, I'm a lot more, you know, we weren't, didn't always have tons of money, you know, like, I mean, you know, my mother did a great job, but we weren't like, rolling by any means <laughs> you know so I, I think a lot of times I I get and relate to those kids that, that come from situations like that a lot better than uh, maybe a normal person would just because I understand some of the struggles you know uh, they're going through and um, you know maybe like I said maybe uh, I landed here for a reason you know what I mean so once again I, I always wanted to uh, you know give back and be available for, for kids and, and do the best I can. I mean, I mean, I'm not perfect by any means, but I try to help out kids, you know, to the best of my ability. Um, you know, once again, does it always work? No, it doesn't, you know, nothing, it's not a, a but at least I, I try. My effort is, is, is usually there. I would, I would like to say, I'd like to, to say when I'm, when I'm done, you know, people could say I, I cared about the kids, you know, and, and I think that's, you know, that's really why I got into coaching, really, to help, to do what was done to me, help people, you know, get through stuff and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, and on fo the football side of things, obviously, yeah, I mean, I heard you say it earlier in another pot, like, 
football is just a vehicle that we teach and you know that gives me my competitive juices rolling but you're really just helping people so um that's kind of where i'm at with that great coach thank you so coach you're entrenched in this community now you you you're you're a well-respected member of this community in many ways um can you just uh explain to our audience to to goldback nation um maybe a couple of the perceptions as opposed to the reality of of what it's what it's really like to coach in this unique community where we're sharing one high school with three different towns if you will and the reality as opposed to the perception. For example, I know a lot of people have said to me in the past, you know, you guys have, you know, you got a million kids to choose from. You know, you got such a big school and, you know, um, you know, I don't understand why you guys, you know, uh, don't, you know, you have a hard time uh, doing certain things. And I said, well, you know, uh, your perception is not, the reality. Can you talk a little bit about that, Coach? Yeah, so obviously you guys that are listening that are from the program, you, you have a better idea of what's going on. But for maybe someone who is, you know, in a neighboring, um, coaching in a neighboring community or playing in a neighboring community or just listening in a neighboring community, our, our place is unique. I mean, it is, it is remember the Titans every single year in the sense of, you know, we have rich, poor, you know, white, black, Hispanic, it's a melting pot of everything. Um, and getting all those different spices to be thrown in the chili and make it taste good sometimes is, is harder than it may seem. Um, you know, in, in light of everything going on in our world today too, you know, it, it just heightens everybody's sensitivity to everything. So, you know, I think the one thing with our program, you know, too, and I'll go back to the, you know, the perception reality thing, but, you know, I think on the flip side, that, that's also what makes this place great. You know, we can be kind of like a beacon of what the world should be as far as people getting along, working together for a common good. And I think you don't get that a lot of other places. So, you know, when, when those spices all mix and they taste good, we, we put out some, you know, some good taste in uh, chili, if you will. So um, as far as the perception and reality goes, you know, um, yeah, I mean, we have on the books, we got 3,200 kids, but you break it down, actually me and Coach Toback were doing it uh, like three days ago and just looking at the roster. I mean, I think today in Newburgh, I think the high school consists of a demographics of like 53% Hispanic population. Um, I think the, the African-American uh, population is 23%. And I think, um, you know, the white population is 18%. So, um, you know, everybody is welcome and has always been welcome to play in our program. But the reality is the culture of a lot of our families in our district is not to play football, especially the, the Hispanic population. So um, we would love and maybe I got to do a better job, you know, tapping into that. Not that I haven't tried. I believe me, I've tried. Um, but, you know, overall, like I said, I think, um, you know, if 53 percent of your population is, is the Hispanic population, a lot of those kids traditionally aren't playing. Um, just because it's not part of the culture, you know, soccer is much more prevalent. Um, it really cuts down your, your, your potential candidates yearly. And I think when you couple the fact of, you know, a lot of the problems our inner city has as far as like keeping these kids eligible, 
you know, off the streets, getting involved with the wrong people. I think you, you add that factor to it. Your numbers start to really be different than what is on the books. It can be really, um, I don't know, you, you can be misled if you just look at, at strictly numbers. You got to really look at um, what comprises the team um, and, you know, what you have to draw from. But um, once again, by no means am I complaining about what we have or our things. I think, you know, once again, I think our kids that go through our program experience stuff that not a lot of the kids in other programs do. And I think long term in life, I think it really helps them. So, you know, uh, you know, there's more I could go on this, believe me. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely different than what people think. You know, the other thing, too, is, you know, sometimes we have good athletes. We definitely do. Okay, I'm not arguing that. But intelligence, football IQ, stuff like that also comes into play. So, you know, if you got a guy who runs a 4.540 compared to a guy who runs a 4.740, but the 4.7 guy is extremely intelligent and, you know, can take the right proper steps, you know, and, and take coaching, that kid sometimes can get to the spot quicker than the 4.5 guy who maybe takes, you know, who, who is real athletic but isn't as coachable or isn't as, you know, detailed to their, you know, their, their skills. So that's just something every program deals with it. But, you know, um, just that's, a, a you know, my take on, you know, our demographics and what it's like coaching in Newburgh. So. Yeah, Coach, and, and, and you made some great points there. And, and I know, you know, again, there there is that perception out there and, and I always tell people you know I never would claim that I could go coach somewhere else um, because I don't know what it's like there and I don't know if I'd be effective and you know it's the same thing you know Newburgh the community uh, it it's a unique situation and, and it has its it has its unique challenges coach this 2020 has been a crazy year in many, many ways. Uh, the grind of preparing a team for a season, all that that entails, the uh, 365 day of the year preparation, and now couple that with COVID. Coach, can you share with with our audience uh, just the, the, the unique challenges that this year has, has brought to you and the program? Yeah, so, you know, um, obviously our season ended – poorly um this past season we lost in the quarter or uh, the semis of the sec of the sectional playoffs for um you know and uh we weren't able to repeat as as champions i mean we've been pretty fortunate the last couple of years to, to to have that opportunity and um you know to be successful so the season ended um with kind of a sour taste in our mouth and we kind of picked up right away and we started doing stuff in december and january i mean it was freezing and we were outside with the with this year's group on the field so we really ran almost three months of off season December through um through really March when we got shut down you know we were lifting we were going outside running you know two hours and uh we were going four days a week Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday four days a week two hour sessions after school so up until the point we got shut down it was like a regular off season other than you know, we were doing a lot more stuff than we'd ever done before, and, and we were getting great buy-in, to be honest. I, I, I really, um, and I told the paper this too, I, I think our kids uh, were responded the way I had hoped they'd respond, you know, that they wanted to, um, you know, come out of the gates hard to, you know, redeem ourselves. So um, once this thing hit, obviously it's forced us to change a little bit. Um, uh, you know, as far as 
us, we've been doing like online, you know, uh, we did Zoom meetings uh, five days a week from really March till uh, early August, um, where we would go on and we would have like an offensive day on Monday and then a defensive day on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we would do double sessions with the kids online where they'd be learning, you know, the offense and the defense. And then Thursday, Friday, we'd go as well. So um, you just got to try, you know, find ways to be creative and do stuff. And um, then obviously when it was shut down, um, it's been it's been hard, you know, to get things going again because, you know, we're, we're limited in what we can do. We're hoping we could at least start working out with the kids in the next couple of weeks and stuff. I'm waiting to get the approval on that. But um, it's 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 hard enough coaching, you know, especially with our with our young guys, um, you know, during the season when you're seeing them and, you know, all the negative influences that can be around, especially our, you know, our city that now with, with us being away from them, it's become even harder. So. Hopefully, um, you know, sometime soon we can get going again and doing things. But, you know, yeah, it's been it's been challenging in a lot of ways. But you know what? The whole online thing has taught us how to use technology a little bit better. So we plan to use a lot of the stuff that we've done moving forward. Um, so, it, it, you know, like anything, there's negatives, but there's also positives that came out of it, too. So, you know, that's pretty much it on that. Yeah, yeah, Coach. It's definitely been a challenge. And, and uh you know, I commend you for trying to hold it together. Um, and hopefully, hopefully you guys will be able to get out there in the spring as they're talking about. Coach, in previous episodes of our podcast, I talked about tradition. And, you know, everybody puts their own stamp on their program. And, and you came into our program 20 years ago and you saw some of the traditions that were there and some of the, the traditions that have grown Coach, what what have you brought? What what stamp have you brought to the program, um, and what what traditions would you like to see continued uh, that are presently going on? Yeah, so we we still do a lot of the same stuff that we did when when you were um, coaching. So you know, a lot of that stuff is still intact. Um, you know, just I'll, I'll I'll just throw one out there that I think has been good to us. Um, you know, and we we always when when our kids. Uh, go through their senior year, they always get their, their jerseys um, as kind of like a gift from the program to them for all their hard work as seniors. And the one thing I think we've done that's has been pretty good is we don't give those jerseys until they, they graduate in, in, in June. So just to once again reinforce the, um, that the school part of this thing, like this thing doesn't end, the, the season ends. You know, and if you don't do your part in the classroom, you didn't complete the season. So I think that has... Um, you know, A, giving us a little more leverage on the kids when their season's over in November and December. And then also it, it, it gives them that reward on, on the day they walk across Academy Field that, you know, okay, I, I completed the whole thing. I'm, I'm officially an NFA football player. You know, you'll always be a football player for life. But, you know, getting that jersey is validation for you doing what you had to do in the classroom and then also on the field. So that's just one I've, I've, we've added that I think has – I don't know. We were already given the jerseys, but I think that that is something that, you know, for the kid to, to wear his jersey underneath his cap and gown and then take those pictures at the end. I mean, that 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 just is once again validation that, um, you know, the kids are doing what they got to do and, and they, they should be recognized. And it's, it's a great day when, when that happens. So that's just one thing we do. Coach, I love that. that that's that's outstanding. That's a great a great tradition and build 
great memories from that. Coach, we're we're almost out of time, but I, I have uh, one question that that I think would be a great service to the young coaches out there. Um, advice, things that you've learned over the last twenty years of coaching. What what advice would you give to young coaches? Um, a, B, I don't want to say this. I would say be the best coach you can be at the spot you're at for the, the, the guy you're working for at the time. And I think the more you, you know, excel at your duties, whatever your duties are, I think as far as moving up and that type of thing, that stuff will eventually, you know, there's no timeline, but it eventually – I think will 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 trend you in the right direction if you have aspirations to get better. The other thing is, you know, just to always be a, a lifetime learner. I mean, there there's, I mean, I'm I'm still a guy who goes to four or five clinics a year. Uh, I've done that every year of my career. Okay, just trying to pick up new things, um, better way to skin a cat. You know, uh, learn from people. So I mean, I think you know, you show me anybody in any walk of life that thinks they know it all, um, you know, I'll show you someone who probably is trending in the wrong direction. So I think those two things, I think just, you know, being a good assistant, maxing out the position you're at, going above, delivering above and beyond what is expected. And then on top of that, never thinking you have all the answers and always trying to, to learn whether, once again, whether it could be from, um, you know, it could be from another coach that's in your program. It could be, um, you know, reading a book. It could be going online. It could be going to a clinic, something. Just trying to constantly um, adapt and uh, just stay up to date on the latest things. Because, I mean, this is a lot different than when I played football where, you know, we were wearing, you know, neck rolls and, you know, big pads and stuff like that. And back in the day when they were wearing leather helmets and, you know, football is – is changing every day. I mean, it's a lot more, you know, you're playing out in space now and throwing the ball and, you know, it's, it's the, the values of it haven't changed, but the, the game itself is much different than, you know, it used to be. Um, so, you know, you always have to stay on, on top of those trends just to, so you don't get, you know, left in the dust, you know, because people are always trying to adapt too. And if they start, you know, moving towards that next phase, whatever that next phase is, and you don't know how to, adapt to it um I think that's where you have slip-ups so um you know those two things I think are the biggest things so coach you're a shining example of of what it means to be ready your success your preparation the fact that when you were given the opportunity you were prepared to accept the opportunity and you've come a tremendously long way in leading Goldback Nation and carrying on the tradition. I thank you for being a guest today. I thank you for all that you do for the young men and for the community of Newburgh. And one last thing, Coach. Can you break us down today? Coach is putting me on the spot here. I told him that his singing career has taken off since this podcast has aired. And, uh... His his chance and breakdowns have too, but uh, you know I'll, I'll, I will I will officially give the coach Chatham breakdown. So here we go, breakdown.
Thanks for having me, Coach. It was fun. On next week's episode, episode 8 of 11, I will talk about dealing with the noise, the issues that a coach deals with on a daily basis, and the attempt to make the right decision as opposed to what's popular. Again, thank you to Coach Bianco for visiting with us today. And thank you all for listening. Until next week, be well and God bless. Go Goldbacks.